Are you interested in attending one of the field's largest gatherings of K-12 education innovators? The Aurora Institute Symposium 2023 promises community lessons about education innovation from the field and the latest research and policy to support education transformation. We know that after attending, you will leave equipped to take immediate action in advancing next generation learning designs. This event will take place October 15th through the 17th, 2023 in Palm Springs, California. You can find out more at aurora-institute.org. Zion, why should high school students learn environmental leadership? Our world is facing some really incredible problems right now with climate change and with so much that's at stake. And I feel that we need to develop um, the skills needed to address environmental issues, but also to develop leadership skills, especially entrepreneurship, so that people that are growing into their careers can be bringing forward innovations in green technology and, and climate protection. I'm Tom Vanderark, and you're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. And today I'm joined by Cyan Dandridge. She's the founder of Strategic Energy Initiatives, SEI. It's an environmental nonprofit in California. And um, among the sustainability solutions they've developed is a high school model called School for Environmental Leadership, SEL. We'll be talking about both SEI and SEL today. Um, the flagship high school is in Marin County. Uh, it's a school within school model at Terra Linda High School in the San Rafael District, where Karen Madden is a teacher. Hi, Karen. Hi there, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Are, are you at school today? I am at school today, yes, and I'm wearing my Terra Linda High School shirt because we had an author event this morning. Awesome. I'm really excited about learning about um, the, the uh, School for Environmental Leadership. Let's come back to that. But um, Cyan, how, how in the world did you, I think it was 30 years ago that you probably went off to MIT and, and decided to study sustainability. How, how did you come to that conclusion a decade uh, or two before the rest of the world found out it was important? Well, I my undergraduate degree is in physics, and when I was doing my thesis, I decided I needed to look at how we might be able to uh, adjust solar panels so that they could more rapidly uptake uh, energy and be able to um, respond to different energy levels coming through our atmosphere. And um, that led me to understanding that there's gaps between how people implement and uh, renewable energy or energy efficiency and and how what people know kind of in general around technologies. And so I went back to school to be able to be that bridge between the ivory towers and the research and the people that are actually installing uh, technology. And did you do a couple of years at the EPA? I did. I did. I actually designed a lot. When was that? 1992 to 1994 or five, somewhere around there. And what led you to, to start Strategic Energy Initiatives? So I was, um, I, I'm not a good government employee. I think that's one of the things that I learned. <laughs> um, and I just saw all of this great work that the federal government was doing around Energy Star and kind of this big picture, big policy change, but it wasn't getting down to the end user. 
And what I really wanted to do was figure out how we could bring those, again, those bridges together. How could we bridge that that policy with people actually doing the work. And that's what, that's what SEI does is we're really focused on how can we make sure that we're providing the resources and providing um, whatever's needed to local communities to be able to have them engage in climate protection and, and sustainability initiatives. Was it, was it 14, 15 years ago that you, you thought um, you, you could develop a high school academy around these themes? Yes. So really taking everything that we had been doing and burning, you know, understanding how we can develop um, leaders to be able to address problems in the future. We'd been running high school programs and developing really rich curriculum for a number of years and working kind of at all different levels. I was um, running green teams at my local elementary school. Um, Karen Madden's uh, daughter was on one of my green teams, which was just fantastic. But um, so, you know, I was seeing that, that there was a lot of interest and engagement from younger people, but there was a lack of environmental programming at the high school level. So we were developing a lot of curriculum at the high school level. But there wasn't anything really comprehensive. And my kids were about to head into high school. And um, so I thought, well, why not, like what any normal parent would do, why not just start a high school? <laughs> Karen, you're um, head teacher at, at uh, School for Environmental Leadership. Um, it, is it a four-year course of study? It is. So students apply to the school as eighth graders and they get accepted in this in the springtime and then they enroll in Terralinda High School. You have to live in our public school district area and then you start freshman year and it's a four year program. So about 32 students each year are um, admitted into the cohort and you travel through the high school in this cohort and it's a four-year progression. So when you start high school, you have about five classes together with this cohort, and then other classes like math and Spanish and language are not with your cohort. And then um, three classes, and then two classes, junior and senior year. But the curriculum all builds on one another. So um, it's pretty unique the different skill sets that the students learn that are really focused and anchored around the four C's of creativity communication, critical thinking, and collaboration. It's, it's a lot of building leaders, a lot of group work that's, that's embedded. And um, I've had two daughters graduate through the program. And like I told them when they graduated, they are ready for the real world after coming out of this program, but, but we'll let them go to college for four years and have some fun. But the students really graduate with just a wealth of tools in their tool belt to be leaders and to be um, those critical problem solvers that will be able to adapt to all of the problems that are current and that haven't even come up yet that will need creative solutions. I, I would love to w walk through uh, and just have you say a word or two about um, each of the each of the years. And as a freshman, they do a lead project. What is that? Perfect. Yeah. So freshman year, they um, every year 
generally they have they have an extra special Marin cell class. And so freshman sophomore year, it's called Environmental Leadership Seminar One, and then sophomore year seminar two. And in these classes, they work freshman year on semester-long lead projects, leadership and environmental action and design. And they are put on a team with five or six students and a community partner, um, a mentor from the community who comes into class every other week. And for the whole semester, they work on projects that are focused on local um, problems that, that, that face our community, such as wildfire safety or stormwater capture or food waste diversion. And there's a lot of ability for the students to be creative in what their project scope is going to be. And it's a messy process. They have to come together as a team. They have to share facilitating meetings, you know, note-taking, communicating with the rest of the community. But they work on these um, projects for a semester. And then it, it, um, at the end, they do a formal presentation and they share their measured results based on the goals that they set at the beginning of the semester. And they do this twice freshman year. When they get to be a sophomore, they work on one lead project for the most of the school year. So it becomes more deeper. It's more focused on changing policy. And again, those same tenets of working in a team and, um, and collaborating in critical thinking and being supported by a community partner. Junior year is a very special year where they take a College of Marin um, um, sustainable enterprise class where every student writes their own business plan um, with all the components mixed into it that has to um, that, that they actually learn about creating a business they then at the end of the first semester they pitch these businesses in a shark tank scenario and then seven or eight or nine even are selected and then actually go to production. And the CEOs of these companies then draft their classmates who had businesses who were not selected to come onto their teams and be the marketing officer or the financial officer. And they actually bring these products to market. And we have a big um, business leader mixer where the students sell their products. We actually just had that um, last month. They also take an engineering class where they learn how to use power tools and how to build things when they're when they're juniors. So that's um, a very special year. And the final year is senior year. They take another college level class where they do a year-long internship with a focus on sustainability. And they are expected to volunteer at this internship about two to three hours a week over the course of the school year. Again, working under the support of someone at a, a company who has agreed to. So they all along are compiling a portfolio that demonstrates their work. So again, another way that we measure growth is for the student to be really reflective about what they have learned, how they could do it better next time, and really focusing in on, on the process of learning and iterating and changing and make it making it better. And again, all the skills that you learn in your lead projects really inform you when you go to create that sustainable business. And then when you come to your internship year, oftentimes you're pursuing an internship that is based on something that you've come to grow an interest in over your first three years in the program. So it's a very robust. That's an awesome sequence. Um, Karen, is, is math incorporated into that sequence or do they take math in the home high school? 
so um, math is one of those classes that students um, is is typically based on how you test into a math class. So, so math is not incorporated, nor is like a foreign language. But over the course of four years, some of their English classes are together with their Marin Cell cohort, some of their science classes, some of their social studies classes. So it's really just math is not math and language and um, the, the fine arts are not incorporated. Well, wow. it sounds like a sequence that um, just about any high school could adopt. And I think we'd argue that every high school should adopt. Why don't you have a, why doesn't every high school have a, a, a school for environmental leadership? Cyan, what, what are the, what's your favorite part of this course sequence and, and why, why doesn't every high school have one of these? I, I wonder the same thing myself. I would love to have every high school in America have this kind of, have students have this kind of experience. I think it's transformative, honestly. Um, what, and what's your favorite part of the model? I, I, well, I, I co-teach the business class. So what I love about that business class is that I see these students as they're learning communication skills and how to collaborate and, you know, how to think outside the box, but also critically about how to move forward with different things. I watch that freshman and sophomore year, but then when they get to junior year, they really put it all into action. They have to, we use a design thinking process to help them to come up with their idea. And then they have to understand, is my idea a good idea? You know, and all of those pieces. And then they do this shark tank where they're presenting their ideas to a a group of experts and just watching that every time just gives me chills. They always just slam it out of the park. And we always have people that run, there's a, a person that runs a business incubator that comes in and watches these students and he, he's blown away. He says that, you know, the, the, the adults that come through his program don't do as good a job as these students. So that's just really exciting. Yeah. I, I love that junior dual enrollment business slash entrepreneurship class. That's a fantastic idea. I love how the, the on-ramp to that class is just, it's really a great sequence. Um, Karen, have your own children gone through this program? They have. Um, so our two older daughters um, graduated through the program and we currently have a son in the program. And um, our oldest daughter, who's a third year at Cal Poly, both girls are actually at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Molly came and Molly did a Zoom into my, sophomore class this year and was sharing with the students that the skills that that she learned have been so helpful in college when she gets to those big projects that that she's doing for her class when she had an internship at Boeing last summer and there was a culminating activity where they had to do a presentation she said mom it was just like doing one of my Marinsa lead presentations i got the group together and we planned it out so she you know, graduated high school having all these experiences that the typical high school student doesn't have. And to me, that's what I feel like is so valuable because anytime that we can arm students with numerous opportunities while they're, you know, still learning and growing, it just will open up so many doors for them in the future. And I think that's a very important thing because again, I have been in education for, you know, spanned 27 years. I took a break to, to stay at home for 10 years and raise our three children. But 
we are preparing students again for problems that haven't even come up yet. And the landscape has changed and COVID-19 really changed a lot in education. So arming students with the flexibility and the creative thinking and the ability to pivot and to think fast on their feet and to be comfortable with the discomfort of the neat and arrow path of life. That, that is what I think schools need to do these days, because if, if we know anything, it's that life is unpredictable and, and it's how you adapt to things when they come up is, is really what separates success from not being successful yet. Zion, one, one reason I, um, I love the focus on entrepreneurship and business planning is I you know, one way to look at the at the climate crisis is that it's the biggest entrepreneurial opportunity uh, of the next 40 years. An example would be just the electrification of everything. In the next 15 years, every region of the country is going to be electrified. Every house will go through some form of, of an electrification. And there's there are clusters of businesses that will form around utility incentives and public incentives. And so at the intersection of public policy, um, electrification, um, there's going to be waves of entrepreneurial opportunity for the next 20 years that it just seems crazy not to introduce uh, those kind of opportunities to young people in, in high school uh, to, to allow them to, to create leadership roles in both business and, and policy so I, I don't I don't know what the question is in there. Thank you for <laughs> advancing. You you agree that there's a there's a big entrepreneurial opportunity here, right? Absolutely. And I you know one of the the other things that comes to mind with this is that there's a lot of resources that are coming down through the federal government. There's a lot of attention being done on climate and the whole electrification of our world. But right in this moment, there's not enough skilled workers to be able to answer the call. And um, in that electrification, just if you look at electricians alone, that job. And so one of the things that I'm excited about what this kind of a program can do, especially with that entrepreneurial focus, is that people can launch it. You know, we, we put so much stress on our students to go to a four year degree program they don't have to, you don't have to go to a four-year college to be successful in life. And students can be coming out of these kinds of programs and, and, and two-year degree programs or, or certificated programs to be able to answer the call and to be able to bring that entrepreneurial spirit forward. Yeah. You talked about, you know, there's a, there's a national shortage of electricians. So you could lead with that and tell high school kids, hey, you could be an electrician because you could find a job. The neat thing that you do is you connect it to purpose of saving the planet and introduce the opportunity that you can not only be an electrician, but you can run an eco-friendly business um, and lean into the biggest business and climate opportunity of the next 40 years. So this is why I think every high school should have a school for environmental leadership. Um Tyan, this is just part of your portfolio. Are, are you also have impact projects in higher ed and workforce? What, what else does SEI do? So SEI, our mission is to build leaders to drive sustainability solutions. So we're really at that intersection between education and workforce development. And we work from 
kindergarten all the way up through career to expose people to green career pathways and help them understand how they can build the skill sets needed to answer the call that we all are, are feeling for more sustainability and, and environmental protection. So we um, have, for example, college programs um, where we're engaging uh, teachers and professors in faculty learning communities, helping them learn how to integrate sustainability in, into their existing curriculum. We run a Climate core program where we work with recently graduated professionals and help them into uh, green careers through placement in a fellowship position in for-profit, nonprofit, government agencies all over the country. Um, we also have an energized careers program, which is really focused on people with barriers to employment. So they might be recently incarcerated or have language barriers. And we um, work with different existing training programs to integrate sustainability and have them go into high road green careers. We also talk about this, like making sure that people can make a living wage, stay in their communities and feel good about the work that they do. That's a really exciting agenda. Um, Karen, what's what's next? Uh, you're, you're just wrapping up the school year, right? We are. So actually, this earlier this week, yesterday and on Tuesday, our freshmen just finished their lead presentations. And um, wow, they were incredible. They, they presented in the performance hall to a large audience and um, just really shared some, some incredible results. So we will come back to school Monday and they will finish their reflection about it. Because again, that that's such an embedded piece in everything that students do is um, think about how it went and how they could make it better. Um, there's a rubric that I will fill out, but I'm also having them fill that out as well. So, so just to involve them in the process of thinking about how they did and what they could improve on, because next year they'll have a chance to do this um, on, on a year-long project. Something exciting that's coming up um, for the juniors, again, I, I just am really partial to that grade level as well. Um, every year they, um, they take their skills that they learn in this engineering class and they partner. We have an incredible female engineering instructor. Um, she partners with a local farm and this year we're partnering with McAvoy Ranch out in um, West Marin, Pet Petaluma border. They're an olive oil ranch. And the students are actually going to build a structure, a shed for goats. So they're going to take all that learning that they did in Woodshop and they're going to build something. It's going to take a two-day build. And um, they are also going to build some play structures because evidently goats are very playful animals. So they're going to be able to take what they learned in the classroom and put that out on, on a farm. And again, it's being built for animals because if there's little things that are off, it's not as terrible as if it would be for human inhabitants. So that is coming up. And then we will have our end of the year senior um, Rintel Awards night, but really the highlight of that is the senior symposium where the seniors in the program take the opportunity to um, share their senior capstone in which they're sharing their learning over all four years of being in Marincel, in addition to highlighting what they learned in their internship. 
and all the families in the program and students will be invited to that so our younger students can be inspired about what is coming next. And for our seniors to really take a moment to say, wow, I've accomplished a lot. I'm ready for my next journey, whether that's a four-year university or a gap year or whatever else they're choosing. But I do think actually this year, I think I have our graduating class of 29. They've all now officially committed to going on to a four-year university, which is common. That, that's typically what happens every once in a while. We have a gap year or two. But um, yeah, the college decisions just really became final in the past two weeks. We've been talking to Karen Madden, a lead teacher at uh, the School for Environmental Leadership. Karen, where can people find out more about the your environmental academy? So online at the cell.org. Um, so we are the first one, the Marin School of Environmental Leadership, and we are based out of Terra Linda High School in San Rafael in Marin County, California. Awesome. And the founder of, of uh, the parent company, uh, SEI, Cyan Dandridge, um, just thanks for your 30-year contribution um, to, to the environment and uh, particularly this, this school model. It's super exciting. Um, anything new for SEI that you want to highlight before you go teach your class? Nothing that there's, there's so much new that's going on. We have a lot of work as we're expanding up into the Pacific Northwest and the Northeast and, and along the Eastern seaboard, our climate core program, I'm especially excited about because we have over 200 fellows that we're, we're placing this year in different organizations around the country doing really, really valuable work. So yeah, super excited about that. Where, where can people learn more about SEI? SEIINC.org, maybe? We, we appreciate uh, both of your contributions. You have new members of the fan club. We're going to do what we can to encourage more schools to, uh, to adopt the, um, the, the School for Environmental Leadership. Um, Karen and Cyan, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure. And thanks to uh, Mason Pasha, our producer, and the whole Getting Smart team for making this possible. Until next week, keep learning, keep leading and keep innovating for equity. We'll add sustainability to that. Think about sustainability this week. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much.